0: Welcome to Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac.
1: And now, here's a little story I got to
2: tell about dreams okay, You know so well. Welcome to the Church of what's happening now. Wide Awake Stories from This is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience.
3: Broadcasting from the Insomniac HQ, this is Wide Awake Stories.
4: Hey everybody and welcome to episode 17 of Wide Awake Stories. We are back. Took a little brief hiatus, but we are back in the studio with a slightly new crew. Uh, I have uh, Shy to my left. Shy, introduce yourself.
3: Hi, I'm Shy. I'm not actually shy. It's just my name.
4: No, she's not shy at all. No. And, and neither is the man to my right, Daniel. Hello. It, it's interesting. I have to let everyone know. For the last 16 episodes, Daniel has been behind the computer producing our shows, but now he is in the studio with a mic in hand, so this should be pretty interesting.
2: It should be. I, I know the ins and outs of, of how it all works, so I've, I've taken my lessons, and now I'm here on the mic. Right.
4: We like to promote the little people to sort of bigger roles within the show. Well, so I, I'm working my way that. up from
2: the mailroom. What can I say? <laughs>
4: <laughs> but we are back. We're excited to be back. Uh, we're sorry we left you uh, without a dope beat to step to.
2: Ooh. You like that?
3: That was good. (laughs)
2: Did you write that before coming in here? Uh, No, that was freestyling off the dome.
3: (laughs) That's way better than when Daniel says booming bass or booming beats. (laughs) I actually met someone um, that I was doing the live stream with that was like, talk about how the festival's booming. And I'm like, are you from the UK? And he's like, yes. I just (laughs) rolled my
4: eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Immediate giveaways. Booming. Uh, so we are back. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you. We've got interviews with uh, GTA, who Shai knows very well. Shai, you handled that interview.
3: They're great. I love them. Shout out, GTA. And our
4: boy John Ochoa, who you may remember from uh, episodes past of Wide Awake Stories. He's now holding it down in New York City, and he got together with the legend MK to have a nice long conversation about what, uh, what MK is up to.
2: And we've also got a brand new segment in the show from uh, a previous host of the show. The Oracle himself the oracle he's coming back in a big way and his feature we just decided is going to be called new a new you, you. new you <laughs> if you like didn't that. know
3: his last name is U Y yep. U.
4: Y U you Sam UL, a.k.a. The Oracle.
3: Sam loves you on socials.
4: Yeah, he's gotten to the point where I just play a song for him and he turns around at his desk and he does the Gladiator thing where he just, the thumbs up or the thumbs down, and then you know it's a good (laughs) track or you gotta get rid of it.
3: He's like a walking hard drive (laughs) of all music.
4: (laughs) Jeez, he's the best. Well, let's get right into the show. I think, Shy, you should set this interview up with GTA. You uh, hung out with them very recently. Friends of yours from way back. Florida Connection.
3: 305. They're two of the funniest dudes I've ever met. I actually was on Holy Ship with them for my first ship. That's where I met them. They did karaoke at 10 a.m. with a bottle of 1942. And for as loud as I am, I get very shy and stuff like that. So they gave me a mic, a gallon's worth of 1942, and were like, sing this Carly Rae Jepsen song, Call Me Baby. I was like, (laughs) you know what? I am going to do this. Chug it take my shoes off start singing with them and since then we were just like is we there were, video evidence of this yes oh it's, my god oh my it's actually really intense I. I you have to show me I that will after show you the this. show it's, it's a really good video <laughs> um, but yeah we just got really drunk and became great friends bonding over miami tequila moomba how we want to bring moomba back and in this interview they actually talk about what they're doing with multiple genres, and how, you know, they're straying away from just one sound because they do so much, and I think that's incredible.
0: Wide Awake Stories.
3: Welcome to Wide Awake Stories. We're sitting down here with GTA. The first thing I wanna ask is why you guys didn't do your scheduled GTA Wide Awake Stories. That wasn't today.
5: When was it? (laughs) I didn't
3: know. It was supposed to be the day that Matt wasn't there.
5: Oh, well I'll let Matt talk about that. Wait, when was it,
6: what? When, was when that? you
3: weren't there. There was a festival you weren't
6: at. Oh, the um, Greatest Day Ever festival? Oh, because I was at a wedding for one of my good friends, Scott and Robbie. It was a very, very, very beautiful wedding, which I was in the Orcas Islands of Seattle.
3: Who played by themselves or did someone else play or?
5: I mean, I don't know. I was just having a great time at a wedding. I'll tell you what happened. So, <laughs> it was me. I played by myself. Oh yeah, this no, guy. No, no, I'm just kidding. It wasn't by myself. Shout out to Bauer one time. He came <laughs> through. Um, yeah, you know, he came through, put it down for New York. We put it down for Miami, Florida, and LA. Wait, so he did a good job at being Matt? <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. he was a little bit taller, but... Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. He had more hair? Yeah, but a little bit more hair too. Okay, yeah. cool.
3: I don't know if anyone noticed because I didn't know that Yeah. I mean, that happened. I don't think Matt really knew that happened until after.
5: I mean, I didn't, I was drunk as shit the whole day. Both good looking dudes. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be, tell- I couldn't tell the difference. I tell the difference.
3: <laughs> so the last time I really saw you guys was in LA when you did three parties, different genres. How are you taking that off? Ooh, tequila. We're gonna, we're gonna do <laughs> tequila. Ooh, tequila. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> 1942 only with um, these guys. <laughs> as you know. But the last time I really saw you guys, Just playing those three shows, different genres, which I don't think a lot of people are really doing. I know a lot of people say they're breaking genres, but you really divided it into three separate nights. And I want to know how you're continuing to do these things with your music and, you know, the rest of your career.
6: Well, we're just... um... Focusing on different, as you just said, like different genres. Um, you know, we do, we decided to break them up into different colors, which we have the yellow, which is more like Latin tribal kind of stuff. We have the purple night, which is uh, more housey and like deep housey techno kind of stuff. And then the red night, which is all trap and bass and, you know, all the crazy shit that most people listen to. Um, and we just decided to keep going with that. And now we're working on more music that is. It's still GTA, it's like completely all the genres but just like more focused on every single type of color that we have pertained it to, I guess.
3: Are you guys going to do more parties with three colors the way that your music's released? Si. Si. Spanish mommy over here. 305, I'm learning. (laughs) So who have you guys been working with? I know you're working with a lot of artists for this.
6: Yeah, so I mean the most, the most recent stuff that we've worked on is um, we just had a little writing camp in Madrid, España, with um, a few different artists. We had, let's see, we had Dan- Miss Nina.
5: We had Beauty Brain, we had Young Beef, we had Ekis Man, shout out Ekis Man one time. Yes. We had Danny Romero. Uh, who else are we had? Oh, uh, Mala Rodriguez. Yes,
6: Mala. We had Critical. We had...
5: What? Wait, we have one more, one more, one more. GTA.
6: Oh yeah, GTA, that's right.
3: What's GTA?
6: I'm not sure actually. I think GTA. it's like, it's like, it's like two guys, it's like good times ahead, something like that. I'm not sure.
3: So since you guys do so many different genres, when you play festival sets and not these three nights for different colors, how do you plan them out? Do you mix up the songs to different genres? Do you stick to one, or is it just depending on how you feel?
5: It's kind of like our favorite tracks that we find. Like we literally have we've been listening to so much music over the years that we find a bunch of shit we can't play. So it's like these nights really help us like dive into these like really niche genres. You know what I mean? So like a lot of house tracks that we would never really play in GTA sets, we are now allowed to play on Purple Night. So like.
6: Now that it's like a Bass Rush night, we'll play all the dubstep and like crazy trap things that we would normally not play in like a normal night. We'll be all the music all together, we would just like focus on heavy dubstep or heavy trap or heavy whatever it is, you know, for that certain night, which is for Bass Rush, it's a lot of wubs and a lot of rail riding.
3: Rail riding and webs. So now you have this upper hand that some artists don't, where they stick to their actual roots. You know, there's some artists that only do dubstep, and even though they love house, they're going to play dubstep sets. So for you, it depends on what venue you guys are playing or what, you know, yeah,
5: what stage we're playing, what festival we're playing. Yeah,
6: and also how the crowd is reacting to certain things. Yeah. You know, we always adapt to that.
5: Yeah, I mean, that's our thing, though. It's like, I think one of the things we've learned from Shout out to laid Back Luke. Um, He taught us how to read a crowd and like just really like give what the crowd wants. And I mean, I think that's where as DJs, we kind of like prevail. You know what I mean? We we really try to just read, like read what people want to listen to. You know what I mean? Whether it may be dubstep or whether it may be like, you know, house music, we'll figure it out and we'll like, we'll have mad shit in the arsenal, like ready for it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
3: What are you guys most excited for for the last half of the year?
5: My birthday. Yes. My birthday.
6: Well, hey, my birthday's <laughs> still coming up, too, man. Shit. Yeah, his birthday. Our birthday. <laughs> I mean,
7: you're,
8: like, you're, you're a birthday.
6: Somebody from out in the crowd just said something that we don't
5: understand.
3: Hey, Mr. in the crowd. I'm just
8: trying to celebrate your birthday in
3: Europe. We got Julio over here. He's going to take over.
5: I need this mic right now. Listen, I just want to talk about one thing, OK? Have you guys heard that Drake album? Listen, shout out to all the Scorpios out there one time uh that is an awesome album shout out to Drake I just want to say that shout out to any Drake fans out there and I mean imagine working with Drake okay Mm -hmm. and if he's listening to this right now yo please please that's all I gotta say
3: (laughs) (laughs) anything else Matt
6: yes Um, we have a good times radio show that we do on XM 52 Diplo's Revolution
3: Plugging themselves real hard right now, real hard. You guys should check that out. What time does it air? What day does it air? Uh, Give us all.
6: Usually the second Friday of the month, but they also play it whenever the fuck they do. And um, also, you know, we are GTA up in the club all time. So check us out in the club.
3: Thanks, GTA. Thank you for the tequila. Thank
5: you. (laughs) Hey, can I say something? Hey, shout out to Shy one time, man. Yo, she's rapping Florida 305. To the fullest She said she's from Broward but she's lying She's from Miami 305 Damn right She ain't 786 She a liar Gotta do solid <laughs> Thank you guys
0: This is Wide Awake Stories
4: those guys are down for whatever, man. I remember a few EDC New Yorks ago, we had them- I'm gonna uh, pause edit- you
3: because one more guest. Hello! Oh. Deirdre!
4: We interrupt this broadcast. Big uh, D. Deirdre is back. <laughs> big, big D.
3: Big D, little shy, just, just, all D.
4: Just coming from a, uh, a, a long meeting, an important meeting, of course, because Deirdre is very, very high up here at Insomniac HQ. She's always in meetings.
0: Hi guys, what's up? Sorry I'm late. What are we
4: talking about? We were just talking about GTA. And uh, the interview that Shy did with him, I was telling Shy that many, many EDCs ago in New York, we did a piece where they essentially rode every single carnival ride with us. Well, they tried to ride all of them. They got through about six and then it was like, they, they had to tap out because it was too much. They're
3: probably so drunk.
4: Yeah, I don't know. They were it, probably drunk. Maybe, They were 100% maybe. drunk,
3: if I could tell you <laughs> But they were thing. so much fun, like they didn't
4: care. There was <laughs> yeah. no like, oh, we can't do that. Like they're sometimes you get artists people. and they're not down for like things that were out of the box. Like we're like, so we want to ride every single ride at the carnival. With you, and they're like, "Dope, let's do it."
3: Yeah, they're always down for anything. It doesn't matter what time it is. They're like, "All right, let's do it."
2: So, did your meeting went on a little bit too long? Uh, what What has she missed so far? Uh, what have you missed? Oh, we named
4: Sam a segment.
3: We call it a new you. Wow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And of course, the interview with GTA, which we've just played. But still to come on the show. Yep, John
4: Ochoa linked up with MK. We'll get into a little bit of that very soon. But I think we wanted to take a minute to talk about uh, something a little bit more serious. Every month on Wide Awake Stories, we like to feature artists, we like to feature people in the scene, but we also like to sit here as a group and talk about topics that are relevant to our culture and what we go through on the day-to-day, and self-care is a huge part of that.
3: Well, we could start it with how Daniel Bailey is. 79 days sober Yay! from alcohol. Yeah, Congratulations! But that's a big deal, so... That's a huge deal. Good it for is. you, sincerely. How much
2: money I've saved. Oh, wow. That that, well, that, too, that's yeah. also incentive.
0: Particularly when traveling, as well the, I mean at home and travelling that's that's a huge and I
2: just did 10 days in Aretha sober which I was for me completely a new experience I saw <laughs> I saw so much more of it and even though I lived there for four years well you do daytime stuff loads of daytime stuff I did lunches which is something I've never oh, really done before no, <laughs> wow lunch wow lunch yeah. that, that's what happens when you have a newborn I think I even sneaked in a breakfast once or twice oh. <laughs> but yeah I took my baby and uh, he loved it there as well he went to Cafe Mambo with hashtag Basil on tour it's basil,
3: basil not basil yeah. it is basil that's, like that's important like and how do you basil.
4: pronounce herbs Daniel? Well, it has an H in it. How do you pronounce hotel? Hotel. Hotel. Exactly. (laughs) I I think we're straying away from the topic of self-care.
2: So back to self-care then. Deirdre, you're about to go on your holidays and you're off to the sunny island of Ibiza. How are you going to look after yourself while you're there?
0: Well, I want to do just casual like 15 minute meditation in the morning. Oh, that's great. Mm. I do that now. so good for you. Yeah, I wish that I did it more now, but I'm so in my work routine that the self-care stuff I do regularly is more in the evening as opposed to the morning time. So I'm looking forward to doing that and then just eating well because I'll have the luxury of having all the time in the world. Juices and good food, clean
4: food. All of that. I always promise myself that whenever I travel on vacation, that this is my opportunity to like eat healthy, and I'm on vacation, so I don't mind spending a little bit more money on like a nice piece of fish. And then like the dessert comes on, and you're like, ah, I'm on vacation, <laughs> and then I ruin a completely like See, responsible I'm meal. Pretty
0: good about not having a sweet tooth, but I'm um, all about the coffees and the cheese. Oh I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll spoil the myself rotten and, and have so much charcuterie.
4: <laughs> I, on the other hand, recently. Saw celebrated the second anniversary of my 21st birthday I'll let you do the math on that are you kidding 50? uh no I'm 21 fail fail uh, but for me it's important to make sure that I get a little bit of a workout in the morning even if it's just stretching you know taking 15 minutes to meditate it's something I'd like to do more of but I try and take 15 minutes to stretch out just do basic sort of you know making sure the legs are good and the arms are good and I can still touch my toes in the morning um, that's a big one
3: not a lot
0: of people can touch their toes yeah, I can which definitely is shocking touch to me like yeah. everyone should be able to do that everyone should be able to touch their toes Daniel Bailey yeah, Wait, Daniel, if cannot touch You don't have a video show right now. You can't do it. it. Everyone should be able to do that. Everyone should be able to stand on one foot easily for, I think it's twenty seconds.
4: Yep. And then another another one
0: another one is everybody should be able to do a thirty second plank.
3: When I used to cheer, they used to try and like pick up girls to stand on one foot while pulling our legs like so beyond our head, and they made us practice standing on one leg for a solid two three minutes. Wow. Which was Brutal. It's not easy
2: at all. Are there videos of you being a cheerleader? We, there. Are. Okay, we okay see so now the video count is two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so drawing karaoke. karaoke. Uh,
3: drawing karaoke with GTA at 10 yeah. in the morning of me singing. That's must me watch 80. content that right there. That surprises me less than the cheerleading. <laughs> really, yeah. I I cheered for like 10 years and then like wow. broke my back. I mean,
4: I think everyone in this room also because we work at so many festivals during the year. It's important for us to make sure that when we're working it on our feet for hours and hours and hours a day. EDC Vegas is, is a perfect example. Going to bed at night, doing some stretching, wake up in the morning, doing stretching, making sure you get your water intake, making sure you're having a high protein, uh, not low carb diet because you need to burn off that energy somehow. You know, it's really important for me to remember to not get caught up in all the craziness and the excitement of the shows uh, and to remember that I'm working. I'm there to, to, to serve a purpose. I'm there to help people. So I got to be sharp. I, I'm sure DJs feel the same way too. More, and more DJs these days, I think, understand the importance of that.
3: Of course, and therapy. I think. Yeah, I think
0: the more obvious one is the the physical stuff, and that's all well and good. Everyone should, you know, take care of their bodies Drink taking water, care of your workout. yeah, but taking care of your mind. I'm hearing more touring djs you know putting an emphasis yeah. on that and it's very and important talking about it
4: too. yeah
3: of course yeah, a lot of them have been doing that they've been speaking out on social media on their own past experiences about anxiety and depression and you know touring and how exhausting and the lack of sleep and like, how isolating yeah, it can be so it's important like, to
0: take care of your mental especially
3: health especially djing and touring yeah i if i miss some sleep just from working a festival my whole week is thrown off and i call my therapist freaking out like I only got four hours this weekend, like, what do I do? I'm freaking out. And then I can't imagine playing four or five, even three shows a weekend, super late, getting on a plane, landing, playing again, getting on a plane you know, drinking as well.
4: And being surrounded by people who may or may not have those best interests at heart. You know, they want to party with you. They want to buy you a shot. They want you to stay up late with them. Do you find that this next wave of DJs who are in their, I mean, some, some of them late teens, early 20s, do you think that that, Sort of old school, if you will, mentality of man going out all night, having all nighters is still prevalent. Or do you think this new crop of of young artists are understanding the importance of, of of tempering, you know, their partying?
3: I think that they're catching on to realize like how much of a toll touring takes on them, but because they are so young and they see, you know, the people they look up to getting so fucked up at their shows they're also getting a bottle of vodka on their rider and drinking the whole thing between like two three people and i think that they're just they're partying very hard but they are aware so i think that the message needs to be sent across that self-care is very important and that they should slow down at a young age so they don't get to you know a crashing point before they even peak
2: yeah, I think more and more these days, I, I come across more DJs and young young guys that are really looking after themselves and and do understand that they have. There's better management these days. There's more money involved in in touring, so they have better management and the managers It's within the manager's interest to make sure that their artist is healthy, you know, physically True. and mentally. Yeah, it's so, a longevity thing. Yeah, back when I was doing it, managers didn't really exist. You, you just get you know, you just get out there and do it, and there was there was less money in in the scene, so there was less people sort of interested in. What was going on? But yeah, I definitely see more and more. I mean, I I bumped into to Jaws this weekend, and he looks incredible. Yeah, like he's, he looks he's great. Yeah, and he was. I was talking to him about how you know all the different ways he's caring for himself, and he's you know he's he. I told him he looked like ten years younger. He looks like a little baby.
4: I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Diplo and I are probably about the same age. <laughs> I follow him on Instagram. Dude looks pretty good. He looks
0: great. <laughs> In looks recent great. memory, I like I think Diplo was one of the first like mainstream DJs who was very forthwith about like no I have my regimen I take care of myself I'm in this for the long haul I got shit to do places to be and he takes care of himself and that was a huge audience that was a huge audience for that messaging and that like after those strong affirmations to be you know reaching
4: What wasn't Calvin Harris a freaking Armani exchange underwear model I mean you, you're not an Armani exchange underwear model if you're like you know packing the beer he's gut he's beautiful and, you know.
2: well look and Tiesto he's, he, I think he just celebrated his 80th birthday <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at him you'd think he was like 20
4: yeah, no, I, I really think a lot of people, old and young, are catching on and, and, and really making that a priority. You mm. know,
3: it should be.
2: And there's a good conversation about it online now. You, you, people aren't scared, like Shai was saying. There's a lot. There's a lot of people are coming out and talking about Alice Alison Wonderland's prevalent on on Twitter a lot about her, her you know, mental state and how she's feeling. And then the more people talk about it, the, the the more that other people can relate to it, and the conversation helps. Yeah, she mentioned that a lot in our conversation for Wide Awake Stories episode
4: 16, which you mm-hmm. can go and listen nice to. Blood on SoundCloud oh. <laughs> uh, get it
3: now while it's hot uh,
4: while well, it's super hot super hot uh, you can listen to past episodes of Wide Awake Stories on SoundCloud we are on the Insomniac Events SoundCloud searching for Wide Awake Stories uh, we're now on Spotify too and
2: Sirius So you can get the show everywhere. Insomniac Radio, Sirius XM.
3: You can hear my voice there.
2: And (laughs) all over. (laughs) All over. Insomniac Radio. (laughs) And while you're online searching for every episode of Wide Awake Stories, jump on social media give us a shout Uh, tell us about your ways that you self-care for yourself or your your thoughts on on, uh, anything to do with what we've just been speaking about
4: yeah I mean this show was created back in the day to be a place where not only artists could share their stories but fans could share their stories as well I mean the culture isn't just about DJs or producers or agents or managers the culture is really powered by people you know people behind the scenes people who are fans Uh, if you have a story that you want to share with us if you've been in the scene for a long time or if you're a newbie who's just starting out in electronic music we want to hear from you hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag Stories.
3: Episode 17 and if you know the song 17 then you'll be excited because we did an interview with MK Damn that was hype I got it <laughs> that one came out of a lot of thinking very nice that was nice. not off top for sure <laughs>
4: Yeah, John Ochoa, Wide Awake Stories alumni, sat down with MK in New York and had a great conversation about self-care, among other things, and as uh, Shai mentioned, his track
7: 17. You're listening
3: to Wide Awake Stories. Artist Relations.
7: So we're sitting here backstage at shamansky in Brooklyn with the one and only Mark Kinchin, who many of you may know as MK. How you doing, man?
8: I'm good. I'm good. Just, uh... Coming from a crazy tour, well, I'm still in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, tell me about your tour. What's it? What's it called? And when did it kick off? And my my summer tour is really just me playing in Europe. I have two residencies in Ibiza, so I've been doing that. I played Korea and and Chi- and Ibiza within 24 hours. Like I played in Korea, left and went and played in Ibiza. So it's, it's been crazy. Definitely my busiest, hectic schedule I've ever had. That's a really heavy load
7: of shows. Is that something that's, is that regular
8: to you? Is this, is this like a normal schedule for you? My schedule is usually made up for summer. It's made up in the winter time, like January, February. That's when my agent, manager, and I, we go over dates. And at the time, everything looks good. Like, oh, Croatia, yeah, let's do it. Electric Forest, cool. So every, you know, I, I tend to say yeah to everything without really, really thinking about what it's gonna entail. So now once I start to do the tour, then it's like, oh, uh, maybe I should have took all those shows because it's insane. When you have a schedule like that where it's packed from
7: beginning from the beginning of the morning to the end of the night, because you're going late into the night at a lot of these shows, um, you're traveling in different time zones in multiple airplanes and cars for hours. Um what are some of the things that you do personally to, to keep your health in check, whether that's physical, emotional, or uh,
8: mental? I mean, the, the hard thing about keeping just your health in check on the road is, is just that, because you're on the road. All winter, I, I went to the gym like three times a week, you know, just working out and working on music. And I, I said, during the summer, I'm working at hotels. When I go, I check in a hotel. Every hotel I go to has a gym in it. But... It's, it sounds better than it really works because because it just does not work like that. Um, I, I do tend to eat pretty healthy though. That's the one thing that's kind of easy to do, is to eat healthy. But because you know I'm at the club late nights and you know you have a drink or two, it, it makes everything a little harder. It makes waking up harder. It makes you know taking that flight it's harder. The longer flights are actually easier. Um, Because I can sleep, I I usually fly business class, so I can sleep on the flight. So that's fine. I usually end up landing well rested, because that's the only time I can get like twelve hours of sleep is on a plane. I I don't get it at home. Um, You know, I have kids, so on top
7: of being a producer and a world touring DJ, you're also a father and a husband.
8: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So, you know, yeah, I have a whole family at home that you know when I'm when I'm home, I have to be there for them. So with that in mind,
7: everything you just went over, your career as a producer, your career as a DJ, your career as a father and husband, is self-care and health important to keeping a
8: lasting career like your own? Yes, so, yeah, you have to take care of yourself. You really have to. Um, I, I know some DJs that kind of just go all out, and some of you listeners probably know who it is, But and there's some that do the opposite. You know, like Steve Aoki, Diplo, they take very, very good care of themselves. But I, I spoke to Steve Elke about this once, and because he, he used to drink like like a like a fish, you know. But he said he said Mark, once you start getting the crazy tours, you'll you'll start to naturally not do that anymore. See, so you know, he's almost said like, don't try to force it because it's gonna come because eventually you're not gonna be able to do it. You're not gonna be able to go out and drink every night and stay up, you know, till you know whatever hours. You're gonna you're gonna eventually learn how to how to deal with it. Do you see more younger
7: DJs falling into that rhythm of parting hard, playing hard, and not
8: necessarily balancing their life and health? I think it depends on who who they look up to, who you know, like who they like to follow. Because there's some young kids that see so and so DJ who just gets hammered, and they they kind of take on that role. And it, just, it works vice versa also. They may follow a DJ who doesn't do that, and they kind of do the same thing. But it's 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 not one. Type of thing that that the younger DJs are doing. It's kind of mixed.
7: So I want to talk about your hit single 17, which is blowing up in the UK. Still, it's starting to grow here in the US, bigger and bigger. It's your biggest original song of all time so far. What does it feel like to see crowds around the world who may not even speak English singing the words to 17
8: at festivals and like clubs? I, I'm watching kids, you know, get into my songs and, and sing words. It's that's the thing that keeps me keeps me going as, as a producer. Because it's almost like you get a high from it. It's, it's something that I can't explain. Um, you just have to be the one that does it. It's almost like for the DJs that don't produce and play a song. It's like when they play a big song and they see the crowd go crazy. It's a good feeling to them. But when you make the song and see them do that, it's a totally different ballgame, totally different. And but that stays in your head. It's like this high you get. So when you eventually go back in the studio, when I make new tracks, you you want you want to get that reaction. So you're you're really trying to make a track that that gets that that reaction. I don't try to make a track that will get played on the radio. I I, I try to make a track that will get everyone you know screaming and singing singing along. That's that's all I do. And, you know, like I said, it's, a, it's just a great feeling when you see it. You get that feeling over and over, no matter where you are in the world. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's, so- it's a song that you made that they don't like. <laughs> <laughs> but but then you get the opposite feeling. Yeah, you find that out really quick. You just, everyone has like a straight face. You're like, oh, all right, that didn't work.
7: <laughs> I, I, I I do want to talk about that feeling because I know in, in a recent interview, you said that... Um, you were digging around your laptop looking for your next hit, and you found, you rediscovered 17, and, and you felt this sensation, and you knew you had something special. You tested it out in the crowds, and that reaction that you just mentioned certified that sensation you heard at home.
8: A lot of, a lot of times when, I, when, I, when I'm making a track, I, I kinda know it, that it's gonna work before I even test it out. It's just, a, it's just a feeling that you just know, you're like, wow, this is good. So most of the, most of the time I knew, I, I don't think I have a track where I played it and I was surprised that it went off. I always had like an idea. There's, there's been times I made a track and I'm like, I don't know if it's going to work. I'll try it out. That happens. But usually when I know I have one, when I you know, I, I just know before.
7: Is it the same feeling that you get when it does work in a stage? Like when when you're at home and you're listening to a track, and you, you feel you feel something like, whoa, this is pretty good. Is it the same feeling that you get when the crowd reacts to it, or is it a completely different uh,
8: sensation? That's a good question. Um, it's a little bit different because it's almost like, you're like, oh my god, I have something that's going to work. So you, you, you're kind of buzzing off of that. And then once you play it and then you see that it did work, it's like it adds on to it. It's like part, it's like an initial part of just being buzzed, basically. So back
7: in 2013, when you released your epic Look Right Through remix for Storm Queen, you played it out at a big festival in the UK. And that was one of the earliest times, or one of the most recent times, where you, that feeling, that magic feeling came to you. Like, um, have you felt that feeling? Recently, whether it's at home or at a show or at a festival. Well, the last time I felt it was when I made Seventeen. That was the, the last time. Is that going to be your new test of, of, of like banger certification with that feeling of that year?
8: it's always been. It's, it's, I mean, I remember making tracks 15 years ago and thinking like, wow, I wish it was before I was DJing. And I was like, I knew I'm like, if I play this out, it would go off. But I never played it out, because I wasn't DJing. Like when I did Nightcrawlers, like, I knew. I'm like, wow, this is dope. You know. And, but I never had the chance to play it in, that, in, that, in the 90s. Which is interesting, because a lot of our listeners and our
7: fans who go to Insomniac shows may not know that about your career, where some might just be discovering you now, but you've been doing this since the 90s, yeah, yeah. or maybe even before that. I,
8: I started out making house music in the late 80s. Um, and all, the 90, all through '90s, I was making house music. See, I've been doing it for a while, and I, I just had no interest in DJing. But you know, like I said, I did have tracks that I felt like, wow, if I was DJing, I would love to play this track. <laughs> it's funny because even though you didn't DJ
7: back in the '90s, you had all the hits to be a hit DJ yeah. yourself.
8: Yeah, it's, it's funny. I really did. It's like you missed the boat, man. I did. I just <laughs> no. That's why I got back on the boat because I, I, I didn't get on back in the '90s. But no, I, I've seen like. I seen Frankie Knuckles play my songs. I seen Mass at Work play my songs. Danny Tenaglia, um, Junior Vasquez. I seen all the big DJs at the time play a lot of my songs. A lot.
7: Can you tell our fans a little bit about how you actually discovered the DJ lifestyle,
8: coming from a life behind the behind the studio? Yeah, I mean, I I got into DJing once I I realized I missed a boat. You know, this is like, say, 2010. And I, I already missed DJing in the 90s. So I'm like, wow, I probably should have started DJing in the 90s. It would have been a good thing. Um, so at the time, I was just producing. And I was producing for Pitbull. And that's about the same time Pitbull sampled hotel room. Or, or sampled um, uh, <laughs> nightcrawlers. <laughs> for hotel room service. For hotel room service, yeah. And the song did really well. And so I started thinking like, okay, I'm going to start producing house again, because obviously it's working in the pop world now, and there's a market for it, you know, for like my style of house, there's a market for it. And I thought like, okay, I'm not going to miss the boat this time. (laughs) Not again. (laughs) I'm not going to do it again. I'm getting back on, I'm getting on that boat. And at the time, I was, I was friends with Afrojack, and he was producing and DJing, and so I, I just kind of started like after talking to him for a while and then i just kind of kind of how i got into it what's interesting is that a lot of the cats who were doing it
7: in the early 2000s and 2010s were probably fans of your work from the 90s did you feel that once you jumped back into djing did you feel embraced by the
8: electronic community yeah i think that's what helped that's why i got booked on on shows so quick because the djs that were successful during that period were playing a lot of my my 90s house stuff so, and a lot a lot of kids, especially in England, they do their homework. Like if, if they hear a song they like, they go and find out who made it. Where in America, they kind of just listen to it. I feel like more more than, than kids in UK. Um, so when I would do shows over there, they they knew who I was from the first show I played. Like I think the first show I played sold out. It was like something ridiculous. So, but yeah, most, most of the, the new producers I have found that they do know who I am. Even if they make techno, if they make a different type of house music, they still know what I've done. I've seen that a lot. Why do you think that is? It's like, because I know your your sound is,
7: it, it's, your sound covers a lot of, like, house, but it also has touches of deep house, and some of your songs even go into pop territory, but it also sounds like fans, but it sounds like DJs who play techno
8: and make techno and other genres also like most of the time, when you have a kid that wants to be a producer, he he listens to someone, and even if he wants to make techno, say someone loves making techno and listens to Richie halton and they they know they heard all of Richie's interviews, and but they at some point they probably heard Richie say, "I really like MK's work," or "I used to play all MK's music," or "Me and M- MK and I did a track together," you know, and then they're like, "Oh, okay, so." MK, okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he must be okay, you know, so I think they kind of listen and, and kind of, I've always had just people kind of embrace it, but, but I think it's because the early 90s stuff. It's like, everyone likes 90s house, it's just like everyone likes 90s R&B, you know, it's like for some reason, 90s just had it right, 90s hip hop, you know, it's like, you don't find many rappers out who say they didn't like hip hop in the 90s, and <laughs> 90s hip hop, even after even after 16 years old, you know, they still claim they like, you know, 90s hip hop. I was
7: a child then, but the '90s were a very good time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you also have a new single in the works called "Girls and Boys." What does that sound like? It's my
8: first song that's slow. <laughs> it's it's like not sl- slow MK song. What's that? It's it's, it's a ballad. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's slow. It's slow in a house world. It's 114 beats per minute, so it's still it's still danceable, but um, it was more so presented to me from Sony. Um, initially, a girl named Ray, who sang Jax Jones, was it Breathe? She did a song or two for Jax Jones, and now she has her own project. But she initially did, this, did the song. And so, you know, Sony presented the idea, and I liked it. So I, I finished it, produced it. And then Ray had to, she couldn't get on the song because she has a song coming out herself. So I put a girl named Glowy on it. She's a new artist signed to Sony also. But it's a really cool record. It's it's a little more urban, you know, than than seventeen, um, but it's just a dope song. It's really simple. There's not a lot to it. It's like like three sounds and then your drum sound. So it's really it's a really open track. Um, but I am gonna do a version that I play out during my sets. So I'm basically gonna remix my song and do that. But the main version's done.
7: Are you gonna put it through that? Are you gonna put it through that feeling test of
8: playing it out live? If it, and if it knocks, you know it's a hit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, the thing is, the version I have out now—it's it, the first time I have a, a song where I can't play this version out because it just won't fit in the set. So this is, it is uncharted territory. I'm going in here. Is it? Does it feel different than some some of the other things you've done? Yeah, it definitely feels different because, like I said, I'd never done a song like this before. That was for myself. I produced songs for other artists that were the same type of tempo, but not for myself. Is that scary? Mm, nah, you done th- you've done it. You've done, you've done it all, man. You, you, I'm, not, I'm not bothered. You know, it's, it's like, like I said, I like the song. It's a really cool song, but I don't get to the point where like, oh my god, if they don't play this on the radio, I'm gonna cry. It's not that. Doesn't really mean anything to me.
7: So. <laughs> That's
0: funny. This is Wide Awake Stories.
2: Somebody said to me the other day and who will name nameless uh, that they thought MK was like the same age as, as me and I was I had to inform them we googled it and he's he's not he's not a young guy he's no, been he's around, been for, around a long, for a long No while, he's been around yeah, for a while Yeah he's definitely time. been around yeah and He looks so good Yeah he looks fantastic <laughs> I wish I looked like that when I'm sick <laughs> I don't think he's that old <laughs> You know he will I'm be Googling playing. It. You
4: go, He he will be playing Nocturnal Wonderland uh, mm-hmm. for us coming up in September. Keep your eye on Insomniac.com. We will be dropping a special MK Nocturnal Wonderland mix
2: over the next few
4: weeks. You'll want to keep an eye out for that. That's going to be hot.
2: And he's going through a well-deserved massive resurgence right now with his career. He's. I mean, like we just said, he's been around forever. And if you Google him and actually look at what some of the tracks that he's been responsible for, if you're a, if you've been into dance music for a while. You'd be surprised about some of the tracks that he's been behind are not under his name.
0: Yeah, and then he wasn't touring and then started touring and it's
2: just... Yeah, it's, he's had bangers. so many peaks in his career and he's on, yeah. he's on a high one right now. Speaking of bangers... <laughs> <laughs>
4: is it time to introduce our newest segment for Wide Awake Stories?
0: Oh, yes. It's new you time. It's a new
4: you, baby. <laughs> so as we said at the top of the show, Mr. Samu is the be all end all of tunes of tunes he knows all the hits he knows who's on the come up conversely he knows who's on
2: the come down he's got access to records that no one has i think he gets records before they've been made have
4: you seen that t-shirt that says i listen to music that doesn't exist yet <laughs>
2: that, that we should get that for, that for sam yeah his we birthday. should we, we do for sure broadcasting from the
4: insomniac
0: hq
2: this is wide awake stories
1: So I don't really need to say this out loud because I know it's in the back of all of your minds, but we're in the middle of August, which means there's only a month left of summer. It's around this time of year where artists are road testing a lot of new records, tracks that you haven't heard because they're either on the verge of being released or they're still being finely tuned uh, before they get sent to any labels. There's loads and loads of new releases in the pipeline and I can quite literally talk for days about the ones I'm looking forward to. Don't worry, I'm not gonna do that. But I am however excited to put a handful of them on your radar now. First up is a new 3-track EP coming out on Nightbase. If you've never heard the name Nightbase, I'm not gonna judge you, but It is a label that you should be keeping a close eye on. It's run by A.C. Slater, and they've essentially earned respect because of the work they've been doing, putting stateside heads up on the sounds of predominantly UK-centric genres, including bass house, garage, and bottom-heavy tech house. A.C. Slater himself is stepping up to the plate for the label's next release, and for the affair, he's roped in three key players, Wax Motif, Chris Lorenzo and Red Light I'm focusing in on the last name from that list because Red Light has absolutely crushed his collab with Slater it goes by the name Ultra Hype and to me it's the perfect bridge between Slater's slinky bass lines and Red Light's unapologetic attitude they've honestly found a solid middle ground here uh, between both of their sounds and the end result is easily one of the hottest tunes of the year it hits shelves at the end of the month so keep an eye out Ultra Hype my next selection, I'm diving a little deeper into one of my favorite artists on the Anjuna Deep roster. You know him by the name of Yodo. He's been a staple of the Anjuna Beats offshoot since joining the label back in 2015 and for very good reason. The Finnish producers, I mean, he's a hit-making machine. He's currently adding to the anticipation around his forthcoming artist album, Hyperfall, which is scheduled to drop next month. Hear Me Out is the second single to surface from the LP. It's a gorgeous slice of vocal-driven deep house that's melancholic and moody and it just has the right amount of euphoria sprinkled in. Yodo definitely nailed this one and there's no doubt in my mind that this album is going to go far and wide when it sees the light of day in September.
0: Stories from Insomniac
1: Max Cooper's gearing up for the release of his third artist album, 100 Billion Sparks I really enjoy this title because the image that he was trying to depict with the name is that it's just the billions of neurons in your brain firing as you're going about your day, interacting with the world and with one another and I I just think it's a very amazing concept for an, an album name What I find interesting about the 12-track package is that he spent a month locked away in isolation in Wales, bunkered up in a cottage. He had no phone, no emails, wasn't locked into social media, and he let that period of introspection guide the direction of this body of work. So, Identity and Rule 10 are the two singles that have already emerged in the, the few months since he announced the album, but I've personally taken a strong liking to One of the other cuts, that goes by the name Platonic. In this track's nearly six minute run, Cooper unravels the fabric of reality through dissonant synth progressions, oscillating textures, just the type of synapse twisting soundscapes that have really put him on the map as the genius that he is. This one for me holds a real special place in my heart because, I mean, I I hate to admit it, but I've probably listened to this track 10 times in the last two days. I'm hoping you'll have the same reaction once you hear it. about you bass ads. Uh, for you I've got something special up my sleeve. Matrix and Futurebound are easily one of the most recognizable names in drum and bass, and they've been riding high on the success of their last two singles, Mystery Machine and Live Another Day, both of which have been taken from an album the English duo has been piecing together for quite a while now. TARDIS is the next one in line pulled from their sophomore album, and in my mind it has the word anthem written all over it. On it they switch into high gear to create a dark and menacing roller, and they only let off the accelerator slightly, just enough for the epic breakdown to shine, before heading back into the fast paced drop that they're known to do so well when they're not creating feelsy vocal hits. This one's landing on shelves on Friday on Viper Recordings, it's the imprint that they look after, you should head over there once it comes out. Five, finisher, I wanted to close out with someone that I've been keeping close tabs on for a couple of years now. His name is Kyle Watson and he's from South Africa. Uh, He's one of the founders of the weird and wacky label known as Box of Cats. Kyle's also a regular feature with the good folks at This Ain't Bristol which you've probably taken notice of if you've been following our track of the day series on insomniac.com. We've premiered a handful of cuts in the past, most recently highlighting his collab Chomp with newcomer Franklin Watts. That track and this next one are both featured on his debut LP Into the Morning, a 10-track album that zeroes in on those magical moments that take place from sunset to sunrise. I Know is the opening cut, and it perfectly sets the tone for the rest of the tracks that follow. It's also just a very good introductory track to the sound of Kyle Watson. It essentially sums up everything that makes Kyle Watson's sounds stand out from the crowd because it's bouncy, it's super well balanced and it has those signature wobbles and idiosyncrasies that make his music serious and silly at the same time. I honestly can't sing his praises enough. He's just a super talented guy and I think he's gonna go places. So expect to hear more about Kyle Watson from me after this because I just can't stop talking about him.
4: Month. i know we took a short hiatus but we will be back next month for a september show
3: with me again
4: again episode <laughs> 18. 18 18
3: the legal age we're,
4: we're we're legal now finally but not to drink no just to drive no drinking no, The, rest <laughs> <of> the <world. laughs> you can drink 18
3: i know but not here the
4: civilized world
3: <laughs> not here daniel's just here to
0: keep us in check us americans
3: <laughs> sober daniel Tell us what we
0: can't do over here <laughs>
3: Why are you check- here? <laughs> <laughs> he's sober and he's bored.
4: <laughs> Come back and check us out again next month on Wide Awake Stories. We will see you then. See you
3: soon.